You are listening to the REI Mastermind Podcast. Join JD as he chats with industry-leading real estate experts and professionals. We learn from their experience and uncover the strategies to their success that we can implement into our own businesses and we can drive immediate results today. They share their experience and wisdom as we build the foundation to our own success. This is the REI Mastermind Network. Well, we have Jack Rosenthal on the call here tonight. Jack, I really appreciate your time. Um, and uh, first of all, uh, Jack is a young investor. In fact, he's probably done more in his 18 years than uh, some of the real estate investors I've had on the show. Um, really appreciate your time, Jack, uh, for joining me. And I think we're going to have an interesting conversation here tonight. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me on. Um, the story, just by the way, of how I'm on the podcast is I reached out to him over email. And he was uh, nice enough to have me on. So I'm really appreciative that I'm here tonight. Yeah. So uh, I appreciate you reaching out. You know, I get a lot of people that uh, ask to be on the show, but I mean, uh, let's face it. I mean, you're, you're a unique one, 18 years old. And uh, not only do you have an investment portfolio, but you even started a young investors club. Um, you can head over to younginvestorsclub.org. And then uh, you can also, Jack has written a few books and uh, the latest one too for teen entrepreneurship, but uh, you can go to bit.ly slash Jack Rosenthal one, and I'll make sure to have those uh, links in the show notes as well. But um, first of all, how I know you're 18 now, but based on writing three books, and starting a young investors club, uh, something tells me you even started a little sooner than that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, like I'm 18 now, but I like, it's almost as if I've been in the game now for like 10 years. Like I'm not even like used to be, I'm like, so used to being the younger one in the room and the younger one in terms of business. Now I feel like I'm older and something that actually an older friend of mine recently mentioned to me, he's like 22 or something. Now he's like, you know, you only got a few more years left of like what you do being impressive when you're young. Like by the time you reach 22, you know, you've written a book, there's a ton of authors that are 25, 30, 35, ton of real estate investors, 25, 30, 35 stock portfolio owners, et cetera. So so I still got that like few few years left in the golden zone where you know what I do is is more impressive because I'm younger. But because I've been doing it for so long now, I've been I've been trading stocks since I was eight years old. I started the Young Investors Club in my freshman year of high school when I was fourteen. Uh, I've done a ton of other entrepreneurship activities all throughout my life. Uh, I'm just I'm just so used to it at this point. Sure. So, you know, you, you say you started even trading stocks at eight years old. Like what got you interested in this? Yeah. So, I mean, it's 10 years now, looking back, um, it's, it's, hard to, it's hard to believe that I've been doing this for a decade. But what originally got me interested is my grandfather set up my first stock market portfolio for me. He gave me a small investment and said, all right, Jack, here's some money. It's your stock account. Do whatever you want with it. You let an eight-year-old, you know, pick his, pick his stocks. And uh, I learned a lot of lessons from that. That first year, I actually made a lot of mistakes. and But those mistakes helped me with a lot of lessons for the future, which ended up making me a lot of money in the future. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. So, my grandfather set me up with my first stock portfolio when I was eight years old. Sure. So, um, with that being said, do you are you strictly stock? Is that, that type of investing? Or do you do any uh, real estate? Yeah. So, 
for the time being, it's only been stock. Um, I've recently turned 18. I only turned 18 in July. So I've only been an 18 year old for six months now. And, you know, as I'm sure you're a real estate investor, I assume, right? Yep. Yep. So, yeah. As I'm sure you're familiar, like a lot of the stuff that's required in real estate, you have to be 18, like typically for a loan, just to start there, you need to be 18 sure. among many other things. So I've only gotten the real opportunity to be able to do real estate for the past six months. So I haven't got a chance to do anything yet, but I'd like to do something uh, in the future. Definitely. So sure. for the time being, it's all been stock market portfolio though. Oh yeah. You bet. So uh, with that being said, like uh, talk a little bit about what you've been doing to uh, learn some of these lessons. I mean, I, I gotta be, I gotta be frank. I mean, a lot of kids your age, unless they have something like the young investors club.org, I, I, I don't see a lot of this type of stuff being taught in school. Yeah. Well, that was, that was a lot of the big reason for me actually creating the young investors club in the first place. When I was 14 years old, my freshman year of high school, Keep in mind, when I was 14, I started when I was eight. So I'd already been trading stocks for six years. Um, and I was freshman year of high school. And I was like, hey, I want to find some other kids that would be interested in investing alongside me in the stock market. You know, we could both learn from each other. You know, I'd get a, get a great chance to meet some other young investors. It'd be a great, uh, great thing for everybody. And I went out and I looked for a group that already had that because I figured there had to be one that existed already. But I really couldn't find a single group that actually invested real money. There was tons of groups that invested fake money. Everyone gets a fake $100,000 and they throw it in stocks and see who has the most at the end of the year. But what ended up typically happening in those groups is people just throw them in risky penny stocks or very risky stocks where it's a big chance they can go up or a big chance they go down. Either way, ton of risk and there's really no loss. So might as well take on as much risk as possible. But I didn't really feel that that simulated real world investing really well. So I decided when I was 14 to create this essentially a club with the first member, just me, um, where we would all invest $1,000 each in the stock market and invest it collectively. Um, that freshman year of high school, I, I went out all outside of my school. I didn't really recruit kids from my school because I kind of wanted to do it outside of school. And if you do it through the school, there's a ton of regulations. Anytime there's money involved, the school is going to mm. want to stick their nose into it. So, so I did it totally outside of the school. Uh, that first year, I got 20 members to sign up, $20,000 portfolio, and then kept managing that, kept growing. I think it grew to and added on some members plus investment growth. It grew to like about 40000 by 10th grade. And then 11th grade was the year that I decided, you know, I'm like, now I have something cool here. I like what I'm doing. What we're doing is good so far, but I really want to take this to as big as I possibly can. So I said, I want to build the largest teen investing club that invests real money in the country. And I went out and recruited very, very hard that year. My junior year of high school, which for any of you that have teenagers or have recently been a teenager, you'll know that your junior year of high school is also your hardest year academically. But nonetheless, I decided to go out and try and build this club to as large as I possibly could. And after sending out hundreds of emails, dozens and dozens of phone calls, pitching one after another after another, meetings with parents, et cetera, by the end of that year, I had over... 80 members in the club and over 115,000 in assets in the club, making it the largest team investing club that I'm aware of today. Hmm. Wow. Like I said, you know, guy, everybody, uh, Jack's probably done more before 18 years old than uh, some of us have, uh, have done in our investment careers. Um, the reason that you particularly uh, is of interest to me is that you know, we have a lot of real estate investors who 
uh, study the, this type of investing inside and out. And we have analysis paralysis where, you know, these people, you know, people just don't want to take that initial action. And at such a young age, do you feel that it's from your, you're just fearless and you just kind of bold forward or, or what, what caused you to, to just take the bull by the horns here? Yeah. I mean, it was definitely fearlessness um, and really just wanted to go out and achieve something. That was, that was really what drove me forward. Sure. So you, you said you're trying to make the, the largest young or teen investment club in the country. So have you been able to grow out beyond your initial club? Yeah. So then I think we took that from 115, kept growing. And I think it's around 130,000 or something in assets at the moment. And that was really a high school club. So I'm a freshman in college now, 18. Um, at the end of my senior year of high school, I decided to pass off the day-to-day operations of the club to a high school. Because the whole idea was I wanted a high schooler running the club, you know, more familiar with other high schoolers. And I just felt that should be something that's run by teenagers. And now that I'm in college, it, it really wouldn't make sense for me to be that close to, to the club anymore. So I decided to pass it off to a kid who had been working with me very closely. You know, I, I recruited him early on. I saw he had a lot of potential. I brought him in. He helped me with a lot of the day-to-day work. He did an excellent job. And at the end of that year, he didn't even know I was going to offer this to him. I said, hey, would you would you like to, uh, to run the club? And he was very happy to, uh, to accept the offer. And he, today he went on and ran the club. So that, that's pretty much what I did throughout high school in terms of investing. Now where I'm at today is I run my own stock market portfolio. So, I mean, you know, I, I don't really like to say numbers a lot of time because, because I feel that it's like bragging. However, I think that, you know, a stock market portfolio could really mean a lot of things. If you have a thousand dollars, you technically have a stock market portfolio. If you have a million dollars, you technically have a stock market portfolio. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give out the number anyway. Today, based on previous entrepreneurship work and my own investment gains, I built a portfolio worth over a hundred thousand dollars personally at 18 years old, invested in the stock market, and that's oh. that's a lot of what I do today. Um, as well as I recently wrote some books. Last year, I wrote the teen investing book, which has become one of the top selling books for teen investing on Amazon. And just recently, I wrote these other two books, Teen Entrepreneurship and Teen Investing 101, which I hope will uh, do very strong in sales as well and already are starting to do well. Yeah. So if you want to check out Jack's book, again, make sure you head over to bit.ly slash Jack. And then Rosenthal is spelled R-O-S-E-N-T-H-A-L and the number one. So uh, make sure you head over there and I'll make sure those that link is in the show notes. And uh, so are you looking to, I suppose are, you're out of the day-to-day operations, but are you on the board or something to help guide the uh, the club here at this point? Yeah. So I'm still involved with the club. Um, I mean, really the, th- the hardest part about the club was making it, you know, running the club is much, much easier. It's quarterly, uh, quarterly calls that we have. So not a huge commitment to run the club. We have board members of parents that are very experienced in investing, some of whom run large investment companies, and they've really done an excellent job of helping to guide the board. But, you know, like I like to say, there's, there's probably only one kid who could have started and gone through all the hurdles in order to create a club like that. And it's me and maybe a few other kids could have done it, but very few people could have gone through, could have had all the hustle and the grit in order to really push through the wall and, and recruit that many members in the first place. Now that it's in operation, it's much more, it's much easier to run. So yeah, I'm still an advisor to, um, to the current people who are running it, but they really handle a lot of the day to day now. Sure. 
So if somebody was across the country from you here now and they wanted to start up a an offshoot, like how would they start or go, go about getting some more information on that? Yeah, you know, it's funny you mentioned that. I included my email at the end of my, my first book, Teen Investing. And a kid actually read my book, I think from California across the country. And he wanted to know how he could go about starting his own investment club. So I'll tell you right now the same thing I told him. So the key is for recruiting members, uh, typically you can start with your friends and you can most importantly do what I did, which is partner with an organization. That's the fastest way to get out members. You only know so many people. Your personal network, especially when you're 14 years old, is only going to be so big of kids that can actually put $1,000 in the stock market. Mm -hmm. However, what I did was I partnered with a much larger organization who I knew had a ton of parents in it. And I said, hey, we, would you mind if we use your email list to basically put out this message and see if people would be interested in joining? It was a great win for them because this was like a new kind of benefit they could offer their members. And it was obviously a great win for me because I got a lot of exposure from it. So the number one thing I would say is go partner with a parent network of some sort, whether it's like maybe it's a chamber of commerce and there's a ton of business owners slash parents in it. Maybe it's a some kind of thing that's related to the school, but not directly dealing with the school. Anytime there's like a big parent network and you get access to their email list, that's the best way to create the club. Sure. Well, let's, let's, let's change focus on this just to hear, you know, we're, we're, we're talking to um, essentially parents right now. You're talking to people that are in, in the investment game on some level. Um, but they likely, a lot of us have kids so if, if they would hand this video or, or audio podcast over to their kid, like what is some of the advice that you would give them starting, starting off? Like uh, you, you're, what, what would you wish you would have known at the very beginning? The, okay. This is, a, I, this is an interesting piece of, uh, this is an interesting question. And I'll say the number one thing that I recommend for kids is you want to try and earn as much money as possible. I know it sounds very obvious. However, a lot of kids try and start a stock market portfolio with too little money. Mm -hmm. Say you have $100. Even if you make a 10% return on that, you're only making $10. And even if you're a kid, that's not going to get anybody excited. $10 is the cost of lunch. So the biggest thing I'd say when you're a teenager is you really need to focus on earning the money first, whether it's a, working at a local restaurant of some sort or starting your own kind of business and just starting to build up a few thousand dollars, I recommend you to try and get to $5,000 saved up, which is not that actually hard. You can go work a summer job. You can be a caddy. You can work in a restaurant. If you're willing to put in the time, there's plenty of jobs where if you work long enough, you can earn that amount of money, especially throughout four years of high school or if you're starting middle school even earlier. So the number one thing I recommend is you first have to earn the money and then you can you know, read people like mine books and check out a bunch of online information about how to invest. Then you can go out and actually invest the money in the stock market or one day in real estate. Sure. Do you recommend that they use uh, phone apps like Robinhood and Webull and a few of those type of things? Is that a, a easy way for, for kids to kind of get started? Yeah. So, I mean, I'll tell you from college, a lot of kids in college, it didn't happen so much in high school, but now a lot of kids in college especially because I go to a business college. A lot of them use those trading apps like Robinhood and many others to trade. I personally use Fidelity. Um, no particular reason why I chose that one other than my grandpa chose that one for me when I was eight mm -hmm. years old. They've been flawless. I haven't had any problems with them. Definitely not like the most like 
visually appealing platform. Like it doesn't make it all fun and exciting. Like Robinhood, apparently with Robinhood, if you click a trade, it like sends up some balloons or something right after. The trade. <laughs> right. It's almost <laughs> gamified like, to a certain extent. Exactly. So, so those yeah. apps are good if, if you're kind of make, trying to make it a little more of a game, but really it doesn't matter the app. It just really matters the underlying investment that you're making and how much sure. money you're putting into it. So like you, you mentioned, you know, reading your book and maybe doing, getting some information online, but um, talk a little bit about like the, that initial investment, you know, they got the, let's say they work all summer and they do collect the $5,000. What do they do with it? All right. So perfect. Now you got your 5k, you're all set. Here's how you, sh- here's how I would recommend investing it. So if you don't want to, if you don't want to take the time to really look at stocks, which I'd say is at least half of kids, instead of putting in a bank account where you're going to earn basically nothing, you know, as the, all the real estate investors are taking advantage of that with the low interest rates they're getting on their loans. But the negative, the con side to that is you leave money in the bank, you're getting paid basically nothing on it, is just take it and throw it in the S&P 500 index. Earn your steady 8 to 10% return, return a year, passively invest. You literally don't even have to look at the investment account and you're on average going to make about 8 to 10% or that's what it's made over the past 50 years, which by the way is a better return than some investors make in real estate. And they have to do a ton of work in order to do that. And this, you don't have to do anything. So the very first thing I'd say is if you're not, if you, if you, if you're not interested in like really picking stocks and really putting a lot of work into it, throw it all the, in the S and P. If you're looking to do some work and some research, I would definitely follow the news. Look at, you know, active stocks. Like if, for example, if you got in early on that whole GameStop thing, you could have made a killing. I personally didn't, but, but that's like one example, follow along in the news, see if there's like quick little arbitrages you can do to make some quick money here and there. Uh, look for long-term stocks that you believe in. So like, for example, one of my favorite stocks, I'll throw out a little stock pick here. One of my favorite stocks has always been Berkshire Hathaway, big fan of the company. It's one of the few stocks that's actually performed better than the S&P 500 on average for over 50 years. Year-over-year returns have been higher. Um, so I think it's pretty reasonable to assume that they can also be higher for the next 50 years. So because you're a young investor, you have such a long time horizon, look for companies that you think are most likely to be around in the next 20, 30 years. Just buy and hold those companies. Don't try and day trade. If you want to learn day trading, you know, I'm not, I'm not your guy, but I know about passive long-term investing. And I'd say one, either throw in the S&P if you're just not really looking to do a lot of research, or if you are looking to do some research, buy companies that you think are for sure going to be here in 20, 30, 40 years. Yeah. So, you know, I I think it's interesting that you point out uh, the day trading, you know, uh, I think a lot of people when they get into investing the the stock market, it's uh, they jump in, they get excited. You know, the, the GameStop thing, for example, the, uh, that, that was the most recent situation where a lot of people jumped in and then there's a, there's a lot of panic selling and, and a lot of uh, it's driven by emotion more than anything else. Yeah. It's really interesting how assets are now valued. Like we're living in this whole new world where partially because of inflation, uh, where it makes more sense for people to just own assets, period, at any price than to just keep their money in cash. But also partly because it's like, it's been gamified, you know, apps like Robinhood and the younger generation now starting to get involved in investing. I don't think there was levels ever this high of young people getting involved in investing ever. And especially as those young people get older, start to accumulate more wealth and they have more money to invest. It just gets more and more gamified. And you see some of these companies where there's no like real 
there's no real basis that these investors have for investing in these stocks other than, oh, the stock will just keep going up because it's, because it's been kept going up. But they're not looking at PE ratios. They're not looking at the earnings. They're not really caring about anything. They're just like, oh, Tesla, that's a cool car. I think I should buy their stock. Um, so yeah, you definitely do see a lot of that. I think that's going to continue for the future. Definitely. Sure. So, you know, you, you kind of took a small jab at real estate investors there. So, you know, I, I, my listeners, I know I knew you, I, I saw I, your yeah. Facebook expression there, <laughs> <laughs> you know, my listeners aren't going to let me just let that go. Yep. So, so for those young people that are listening, the reason that you, you'd consider real estate investing is something that Jack you know, maybe you, you don't know that, you know, we have four profit centers compared to the stock market. Um, so you would get into real estate investing and, and 5,000 actually could start a rental portfolio or something, depending on, on the, the situation there. But anyway, um, you would have appreciation associated with the property, depreciation schedule uh, that can be applied to your taxes. As, long, as well as the, the returns on the investment. Um, and then you also have the amateurization, which is another aspect of the bank loan that, that's on your side. So you can, you can look into our, my past uh, episodes to, to dig into that a little deeper. Um, I, I, knew, I knew you weren't going to be happy about the real estate comment. Well, first of all, <laughs> I would say, listen, reasonable minds can differ. However, I can do things. One, um, for younger people, very difficult to get involved in real estate if they don't have a parent yeah, helping that's them very do a true. lot of work. And a lot of times the parents are like, Hey, I got a job. I, I can't, I can't do everything for you. And it really requires the parents to do a lot. So that's the first thing. Uh, and then the second thing is places where I live, like New York, like if you try and buy real estate there, the cap rates are so low and so ridiculous, even getting good debt on it, you still might not be able to clear a higher return than you can make in the S&P. So for those two reasons, for some investors, depending on where you live and how old you are, it might make more sense to put the money in the stock market for the time being. And then later, once you build up more wealth and, and have more money to invest total or want to go somewhere else to buy real estate, then it can make sense. No, that's a very valid point. Thank you. So, um, so you... What what I think is one of the more interesting aspects of your story, you know, I, I really, it's it's impressive that you've you've built your investment portfolio well twice over now. You did it once at, with with your teenage teenage group in your club, and now you're doing it again in in college. But uh, the mindset associated with this, it I keep coming back to this concept of you being frankly fearless and and figuring this out um was this is just a natural thing for you or is this something that you have to constantly work on define can you define the question a little more clearly like when you say fearless like how how would you define that like maybe make it more specific just like so well answer. you know the the my it's it, there's a there's a de deliberate like in in my case and why i'm so fascinated about this is that um, I really have to work and and keep my motivation up and keep my mindset in the right place. So I'm constantly listening to audiobooks. I'm constantly listening to podcasts. But I've run into these rare people that uh, just seem to naturally have that level of motivation without that exterior motivation, if you will. Yeah. Um, I would say the biggest thing is really that goal. I mean, you set a goal and then you just do everything in your power in order to try and get to that goal. 
Um, mm. And I'd say, you know, like, it, yeah, I think it maybe works different. People's brains work differently. If other people need like motivation every single day, I'm not saying I don't need a little motivation here and there, but I would say that like, for example, the Young Investors Club, once I set the goal that I wanted to make that club the largest teen investing club, I was, I was just wanted to make sure that I did everything possible in order to try and achieve that goal. I might've failed. I understood that that year when I went out to try and do it, there was a chance I could do all this and it might fail. But I just wanted to make sure that I turned over every rock. And if, for example, if there's a hundred people that were possible decision makers, I wanted to make sure I emailed every single one of them and tried to call every single one of them. Or if there's a thousand people, I want to do the exact same thing with all those people. It's really just about making a, hitting a goal and then figuring out everything you need to do, everything possible you could try and do to try and achieve that goal, and then doing every single one of those things. Because either way, whether you hit the goal or don't, at least at least you tried everything that you know. Every, you at least turned over every rock. Yeah. So what you, what uh, Jack is talking about here, you know, I just recently released an episode, episode one twenty four with Rod or two twenty four with Rod Cleef, and Rod Cleef is a is an expert when it comes to multifamily investing. But we spent the entire episode talking about goal setting and how to essentially motivate yourself to take this level of action. Um, so I'd, I'd encourage people to check that episode out. It was fantastic. Um, but, you know, I, I believe it or not, you know, in a blink of an eye, we've spent 30 minutes. I feel like we could just keep going. Um, but it, that being said, I usually try to end the episode with one quick question. Was there a question you wished I would have asked you here today? Um, you know, and I usually get that expression actually like, Oh God, I can't believe he's asking me this. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I guess, I guess it's all queued up. Um, like I'm trying to think if I don't know one, um, I guess that's like another way of asking people, hey, what's one more thing you want to talk about indirectly? <laughs> the question yeah. They want to be asked is something in, they want to talk about. In, in, in a way, yeah. Um, no, I would just say that I guess what inspired you to write the book? That's definitely a question that I've been asked on podcasts before. Sure. Um, what inspired me to write the book is just as I was kind of wrapping up the Young Investors Club, wrapping up that venture, uh, that club, at the end of my senior year of high school, I decided to write this book, uh, basically kind of going over all my teachings of what I've taught whole bunch. Cause I basically became like a mentor to 80 different kids. Most of them didn't know as much about stock market investing as I did. So I was teaching them continuously on all these calls. And I decided to compile a book of information, uh, just kind of like, it was originally not even going to be a book. It was going to be like a booklet. Like, oh, here's here's the, all the top lessons I've learned from the Young Investor Club that I pass on to you guys. And I was going to hand it out to basically everyone in the club as like a goodbye present. Like, hey, thanks for signing up for the club. Really appreciate you having you. Here's you know here's a book to, to remember it all. Um, and that's really what inspired me to write the book. And then all of a sudden I realized, hey, wait a minute. This, this information wouldn't just apply to people in the club, but it would also apply to really any young teenager interested in getting involved in investing. Mm-hmm. So I decided to make the book available on Amazon, and surprisingly, I didn't think I didn't think it was going to do well. Surprisingly, it did very well. I think that the idea of it written by being written by a teenager, there's tons of teen investing books, but many of them are written by teenagers themselves, and a teenager who's ran a club with actually investing real over a hundred thousand dollars of real money. I think gave mm-hmm. the book a lot of credibility, and I think that contributed to his success. So no, that's that's just awesome. Like I said early on, you've done more in your 18 years than a lot of us have done 
And uh, I, I really appreciate your time. Again, uh, more information uh, just to, as a template, if you will, uh, Young Investors Club LLC. That's at younginvestorsclub.org. But uh, more importantly, if you have a teenager, I would definitely and strongly recommend you check out Jack's book. Head over to bit.ly slash Jack Rosenthal one. And I'll make sure to include those that link in the show notes uh, because I know bit.ly links sometimes can get a little tricky. You got to make sure you capitalize the J and capitalize the R. Um, but uh, we'll uh, make sure those links are there. Really appreciate your time. Thanks for reaching out. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on. Hope this gave a lot of value to your listeners. Yeah. I think it was great to have a, a unique conversation like this. It, it's good to, you know, one of those things that I think is really especially uh, important is that we get so focused on real estate investing. We need to have this other, we have to consider other options. So I appreciate it. And I think uh, we have to, as, as older investors, you know, I'm trying to build something for my kids and trying to get them involved in some way. And this is the, this is a prime opportunity to do that. Thank you so much. This has been the REI Mastermind Network. You can already tell that we've made some changes and a few more are on the way. If you are interested in what we have planned, head over to patreon.com slash REI Mastermind and support the show today. Financial contributions are always appreciated, along with a like, share, and review. It really helps us grow and reach more people with this valuable information. See you next time, and tell a friend.